The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck features non-absorbent closed-cell PE EVA blended foam that delivers the perfect combination of comfort, safety, and style. For more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Your boat deserves SeaDeck. And now, it's showtime. the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast, with the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 142 of the Golden Mike Podcast. I'm Dan O'Mano, the noise of the North, recording from my luxurious boathouse studio upon the glassy, smooth waters of Lake Sawyer in Windermere, Florida. If you're ever in the area, just let me know. But right now, open your doors, roll down your windows, because it's time for your bi-monthly dose of audio sunshine. And guys, before we go any further, there is something I need to talk to you about. No, I promise you are not in trouble or anything like that. I just wanted to make sure that you know how important reviews are to this podcast. Five-star reviews are the first thing I think about when I wake up in the morning, and they're the last thing I whisper to my cat, Pedro Flores, before I fall asleep. Writing a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts for all you iPhone users is the easiest way that you can help this show. Right now, we could all use a little more help, couldn't we? So please, if you love this podcast, heck, even if you only like it or maybe it's your first time here, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and search The Golden Mike Podcast. Once you've found us, if you give us that five-star rating and write just a couple of kind words, that would really be appreciated so much, so much, and you don't even know, but you will. If you need any help along the way, please do not hesitate to email me personally at goldenmikeatnoiseofthenorth.com, and I will be more than happy to walk you through it. I have a PowerPoint presentation with detailed step-by-step instructions, and they're ready to go. In all honesty, guys, That's really all it takes to help raise the awareness, the profile of this podcast, and push it to the top of the charts. With each five-star review, I grow stronger and taller, and I hope one day I can be seven foot tall. So what do you say? Can I count on your review? I know I can, and that is A-W-E-S-O-M-E, and if you can't spell, that's awesome, my friends. I also want to remind you all that in addition to listening and sharing all 142 episodes of the Golden Mike podcast on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, we are also available on many, many, many other podcast listening applications for Android devices, also on SoundCloud, and even on my very own website, www.noiseofthenorth.com. 
But if you're only going to do one thing, just leave us a nice five-star review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. I'm only going to ask like 12 more times. And for all you social media butterflies out there, please like and follow the Golden Mike Podcast on Facebook. Tag us in your content. And follow me personally on Instagram at Dano T Mano. We do have a fantastic and ultra amazing episode for you guys today. For those who listened to my last episode with John Dryling, you might remember that we mentioned a guy by the name of Dave A.V. Well, folks, just like Beetlejuice, we must have said his name three times because my guest today is none other than Dave A.V. himself, For those of you who aren't familiar yet, Dave A.V. is a wakeboarder, a viral content maker, a professional drone pilot, and he's able to bring all three of those things together to make some of the best wakeboarding footage out there today. If you are on Instagram, he is a must-follow at Dave underscore A.V. Dave and I actually met because of John Dryling. John mentioned I was interested in connecting, having him on to hear his story on the podcast and after a few back and forth dms it was all set up dave was in town orlando town that is and if you guys follow any major wake park rider or boat rider today you probably saw or have seen some of the content come out whether behind the scenes or posted up on instagram Dave was here in town, he was filming all the boys, and it's pretty easy to social distance from a drone. I will admit, though, when I had him over, things were a little bit looser here in Florida. We did do our best to be safe and responsible out there while podcasting and in the boat. Uh, Dave A.V. and John Dryling, it was great to have them over here at the Boathouse Studio. That day, the lake was so smooth, we had no choice but to get out there and shred. All three of us rode. I think John Dryling took two sets. Uh, keep in mind, my current whip is this beautiful 1996 Ski Brandella Shortline Comp. So it was cool seeing Dave and John get funky and creative on the small wakes behind my boat. Uh, Dave even flew his drone over myself and John uh, while we were riding. I took a trick ski shred again if you guys are keeping count. We recorded the episode following our uh, ride out there on the water and Seriously, um, it was the first time I had ever met Dave, and it was great to hear all about his journey so far in the world of toad water sports, and I was stoked to introduce him to the world of Dano the Mano, and now, my friends, it's time to hear it all. Let's get to it. We got Dave A.V. He's right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. Dig it. Aw, yeah. Hey, I want to take a minute to officially welcome our newest sponsor, Midcoast Customs, to the Golden Mike Podcast family. Midcoast Customs is a professional vinyl wrap shop specializing in commercial vehicle wraps, custom graphics, wall wraps, boat wraps, and so much more. They're based out of beautiful Rockford, Illinois, and as a 3M preferred installer, they have been leading the way in vinyl wrap installation for years. I personally can't thank them enough for all the work they've done for the Golden Mike podcast, uh, some of the events that I'm affiliated with, including Feet on Fire and, of course, Twin Lakes Corn Fest. If you guys have been to any of the events, then you already know what they can do. They have an amazing attention for detail, and their work is always quality. Whether you have one or a hundred vehicles to wrap, my boy Jarrell and his team have you covered. 
To see more of their work and capabilities, check them out at midcoastcustoms.com. Let me spell it out, M-I-D-C-O-A-S-T. There's a hyphen, customs.com. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano. All right, all right. Dave A.B., well, welcome to the Boathouse Studio. Thank Manito. you, man. Yes. What do you think, Stoked dude? to be here. Yeah, it's sick, honestly. Yeah, um, just uh, just been out with a with a set for, with you, obviously, which uh, was a lot of fun. Getting to see you uh, go rip around on the trick ski and uh, do some free riding. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm impressed with the place, man. Well, let's. Uh, let, I want to start. I want to get to it. And I want to um, give people an opportunity to really find out who you are, learn a little bit more about you. For me, I want to learn more about you too. Um, I've been watching you for the last couple of years, or at least watching your content. Um, you, you've gotten your, you, you've climbed the ladder pretty quickly here in the in the toad water sports uh, industry, in the wake sports industry. Um, you seem to be uh, collaborating and rubbing elbows with the right people and everything. Um, but I, I want to rewind all the way to where it um, started. So I want to get an overview. Where are you from? Um, when did you start, um, wakeboarding or water skiing or just getting into the industry and and how you were introduced to it in general? For sure, man. Yeah. So, so I I come from uh, Brighton, which is in the the South of the UK. Um, it's about an hour from London and, uh, yeah, I, I didn't even really, I mean, I was aware of wakeboarding. I guess my first experience of wakeboarding actually was, was playing the, uh, wakeboarding unleashed game. Um, that that came out obviously the the video game. Uh, short, Sean short Murray Murray's fan. One. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like that was that was my first exposure to like the sport. But you know, at that time, like I mean, I played a lot of video games as a kid, which uh, I think definitely ended up coming full circle and helping with the drone flying. But um, but yeah, so I, I I was always really into extreme sports, and I played all like the Tony Hawk's games, obviously, and and all the all the like snowboard games and that sort of thing. So that was really like my first exposure to wakeboarding. But in England, you know, there's uh, especially around me, there there weren't that many kind of like opportunities to do it or I never kind of like came into contact with it or saw it or anything. So, uh, so yeah, I, w- I was always into uh, like free skiing, snow skiing uh, more than anything. And uh, yeah, <clears throat> about uh, four years ago, something like that. Um, I was introduced, I was actually asked by a friend of a friend, like, oh, hey, do you want to come ride, you know, ride the wakeboard behind the boat with us? And, uh, you know, I, I didn't even know, but there, there was a place which is about 45 minutes drive from me. And there's a little lake just off the side of the, uh, the highway. Um, so we went down there and I tried it for the first time. And uh, yeah, like obviously instantly loved it, you know, like um, it was it was just great. But like, um, did you did you have any other like did you ever kneeboard or ski or anything like nothing that? Nothing like tube? that. No, no, absolutely not. Any like, any exposure to boating or anything? No, like that? that was pretty much like my. I mean, I'd done a bit of like sailing, um, which we'd like we'd done in school because you know because we're by we're on the coast and so that's kind of like a common thing. But yeah, really in terms of like towed uh, water sports, like absolutely no no grounding in that before. So it's it's all been pretty recent. Honestly, was there any was there in in like Brighton in your area? Is there was there any scene? Was there any notable um, like skiers or wakeboarders from so, that area so there is actually i mean we've got a we've got a cable park um in brighton which is uh yeah uh like in in hove lagoon which is like a, a part of that area um just a just a couple of two towers um and i'd 
so before I kind of like ended up taking this boat set, I'd seen that as well. Like I'd actually, I'd been in that area. There's like a park there and everything. And I'd seen it and I'd kind of, I definitely looked at it and thought like, wow, this is dope. Like, you know, I'd love to try that at some point, but it kind of like, you know, for whatever reason, like never got around to it. And, uh, and it was only, yeah, when this, when this friend of a friend hit me up and said, do you want to go out? And I kind of just did it on a whim and, uh, yeah, um, I guess, you know, flash forward like four years later, it's now like my whole life, which is, uh, it's pretty crazy, but it wasn't until, um, you know, the, the boat I was riding maybe like once every couple of weeks or something, you know, gas is very expensive in the UK and this is, you know, it's not like just going out on a friend's boat. This is like going to a place and like paying for a set. So it's, it's kind pretty like a club. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So it's, um, it's, it's kind of expensive and, uh, you know, it was, it was something that I was definitely into, but I had like other things going on, other hobbies or whatever. And, uh, it wasn't until like, uh, a few months later when it got to winter and the boat was taken out of the water and I was kind of like left feeling like, oh man, I'm going kind of stir crazy here. I want to go, go, go wakeboard. Um, and I discovered South coast wake park, which is like a cable, uh, also near to me, like in the same area. And, uh, yeah, literally as soon as I went down there and like started hitting features like that, that was it. I was just like completely hooked and, uh, yeah, started, started riding like as much as I could. And, and, and it, it became like my, my main passion. I look at you now and you're, you're right there rubbing elbows with the who's who of the sport right now. But like what came first, were you introduced to, um, like, like filming first or did you, or did you start meeting pro riders or how did you get into the filming and everything? So the, the filming, I pretty much like as soon as I started riding at the wake park, um, like I said, at South Coast Wake Park, I ended up like, uh, yeah, I, I was never, you know, really into filmmaking before that. Like I'd, I'd filmed some, some GoPro clips, like I say, when I was free skiing or whatever. What was like the first big opportunity? Was it a rider? Was it an event? Um, like how, how did you kind of get your start? Uh, obviously like, like there it is, your, how you, you picked up the camera and everything. But industry wise, like, like what happened? Like, were you just filming random people or what? Like, how did, how did it all come about? So I guess, I guess like it, it started in terms of filming, like before I even got the drone, um, I started doing like games of wake with, uh, with, you know, my friends down at the park and, uh, yeah, just, just putting stuff up, up on YouTube. Like we basically just, just go ride, you know, play a, a game of like skate or, or wake or whatever. And I'd, I'd film it and make a video. And that was the first thing that I started doing. I, I noticed through like a, a bunch of your like YouTube stuff that you, you are at a lot of contests. Um, are you there? Are, are you getting paid to be at a lot of contests? Cause like I saw at the Tamara pro, you put out a pretty loose video that, um, <laughs> it, it, it's more of like a, uh, a personal recap versus a sponsor recap but then i've also seen some of your stuff that's more like sponsor oriented it's it's and it's very very neat because like although i'm pretty pc i think is the word uh or whatever mm-hmm. um like i get it if this is a lifestyle and we don't have to i don't think we have to hide everything and stuff like that um and i thought i, I think it's kind of cool to see like you you've been able to kind of open the door and show people the inside, you know, the backstage or whatever. Um, but you, you've done a you've done a whole bunch of of, of different events, um, especially um, international events. Maybe, maybe I guess for you, that's more homeland or whatever yeah. home continent <laughs> event. But um, what what events uh, do you think are like really really pushing it right now? 
Um, I, you mentioned Tomar, and I think like that's a that's a great example. Um, you know, like that was such an awesome contest because it the whole thing just felt like a, a winch spot. You know, um, like having those multiple levels and like the fact that it was like right in the middle of a town as well, and everyone that came through was just so stoked to see wakeboarding, which is you know exactly what you want. That's the 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 kind of thing that's pushing the sport and opening it up to new people. So, yeah, Tomar was uh, was a, a really dope thing to do. Um, and I mean, yeah, like with the, with the edit, I guess I just wanted to kind of like, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily see that behind the scenes sort of thing. Um, so it was, uh, it was cool just to show a little bit of like, you know, kind of like what happens with the boys. I honestly, when I put that out, I wasn't sure if, uh, you know, like how people would react to it, mm -hmm. if it was like going too far. And there's definitely a lot that I cut from that video. Right. I was just like, nah, that, that literally can't see the light of day, but but yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's good. I think it actually got a really good reaction, and so like I'd, I'd like to do some more of that stuff. Like that, you know, I was I was there being paid to film the event itself, um, and pretty much just hand over the footage. And that's that's normally the way that it goes. Sometimes I'm asked to do the edit at the end of it or whatever. But with this one, that was just like a little personal thing for YouTube. I just thought, you know, it'd be fun for people to to see this, and it was it was such a, a good contest that I think it was great to to do that. So yeah, um, Tamar is is awesome. I you know, Plastic Playground I think is is doing great things things in terms of you know like pushing like uh, like features riding um and it's it's obviously it's such a shame at the moment with with all these contests being cancelled with the with the corona situation um so hopefully we can we can get back to that soon you think that um with with the kind of lack of contests moving into 2020 this year uh do you think that or do you even see that riders are taking advantage of this situation to kind of create more personal content and stuff. I, I definitely think so. Yeah. I mean, you know, it varies from rider to rider, but I think, uh, you know, uh, the conversation I had with a lot of the boys when, when all this happened was like, okay, this is, this is interesting. Like it's a, an unknown situation. And like the, the one thing that we can see is that it's going to be a very different year. You know, you're not training for contests. And so like, it's, you know, it's kind of left open as to what you do, but yeah, for me, it's like, it's a great opportunity to be creating content, to be doing interesting video stuff. And, and that's why I've been trying to go out with the boys and just, you know, like do things like winching or or whatever that like maybe if we were in the middle of contest season normally that that wouldn't happen because people are more worried about right. you know not injuring themselves or like practicing their runs or whatever so so yeah i think definitely there's been an opportunity there and and i'm excited to see as the months go on like you know uh what people come out with and and who's been kind of like keeping busy during this time so yeah i want to find out a little bit about the confidence um level when flying that drone so Today, you went out and rode with me on my boat, and you launched your, your drone from the boat, and you um, captured it back in the boat as we're moving, as we're, as we're cruising around. Um, it it's, it's obviously can't be easy. It obviously can't be cheap um, to lose a drone, which we're in, we're in the, it's not like you're in a field and you can go find your drone if you lose it. You know, we're, we're on lakes. Um, where does that confidence come from and how did, how were you able to build it? And was it like, how, was it something that was there from the beginning? Did you lose drones? Played a lot of video games when, uh, when I was growing up and I definitely think that helped with like the hand-eye coordination. Um, in many ways, like I wish that, you know, I'd been doing that in this era because, you know, people are winning like $3 million off a Fortnite tournament or whatever. It's a, it's a much more lucrative time to be like, you know, be a nerd and be into, be into video games. But, but for sure it's uh it's something that helped me when i started started flying the drone 
Um, but I think the the thing that, you know, I, a lot of people message me and say like, uh, you know, can you give me some tips on how to fly or like what I can do to fly better? And and the one thing that I have, have to come back to, you know, come back with to everyone uh, is that it's just about practice, you know, and it's exactly the same as wakeboarding. Like the more hours that you spend on the board or like on the sticks it's it's gonna translate into that kind of confidence you know so it's literally it's just a you know trial and error and and putting the hours in um so i i, I don't even know how many like thousands of hours i've flown at this point but like it you know that that definitely helps with it and so like even even down to something like you know launching off the boat yeah you have like you have like mishaps as you go or you have like kind of like scary moments and you think okay right like that didn't work at that point i'll learn from it and you you know it's, it's just something that builds up over time so well um you've had so many riders who have um said when it comes down to it you never miss a shot uh you're the most consistent drone pilot out there but what really sticks in my head is that riders are saying that you never miss a shot right um knowing that some of the highest level riders in the world are saying this about you like how does that how does that hit home yeah i'm, I'm stoked to hear that man honestly and uh, yeah i mean I've, I've definitely heard that from some of the boys before but um you know that's that's something that i pride myself on it's like i think you know coming into it as a rider i know that i would feel the same way um and some of these guys are putting their lives on the line you know like it's some like you can just be doing laps at the cable or behind the boat but like if it's if it's some some serious like winch stuff you know you don't want to go and take that massive risk and and stomp the trick perfectly and then find out that you know you didn't get it on film because like the drone was like you know too close or, or does it like, happen the way i mean you know you can you can never be completely perfect but like i would definitely you know i'll always try and like uh err on the side of caution um at the same time it's like for me my main focus as well as you know making sure that we always get the shot is is making sure that it's like cinematic i guess you know a lot of people fixate on kind of like you know flying close or or, or whatever but actually like flying close to someone isn't hard making a shot look you know interesting to especially people that aren't into wakeboarding already that's that's the challenge and so trying to make shoot something like cinematically and make it kind of like you know I, I focus a lot on trying to make my shots as smooth as possible and 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 keeping them dynamic and interesting so um so yeah that's that's kind of like you know my main goal when I'm doing it but it's it's dope like you know I I definitely think like the all the riders kind of recognize that and it's 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 cool to see so yeah what what puts butterflies in your stomach though i mean you can't you, you can't be 110% confident 110% of the time what what is it is it is it people uh or or if if anything um do people make you ner like do like does a certain rider make you nervous or a, a certain situation or a cable park or a two tower setup or or a gnarly winch setup i mean what when do you get the same feeling that like a rider gets when they stand on the dock at like the world championships in the finals. Damn, that's a good question. I mean, like, I'm a I'm a pretty chill sort of person, honestly. I um yeah, and I think that's that's kind of key is that if you're if you're nervous, you know, like your hands are going to be shaking, and that's that's like obviously not going to help your uh, your flying in any way. So I just try and stay calm with everything. Um, you know, like definitely, uh, I would say like when I do a contest and um. You know, especially if it's something that's over a few days, I might be flying like 10 hours a day for three days in a row. 
and uh, that that definitely takes it out of you mentally. And so when you when you get to that finals and it's it's going down between the last like four riders and it's like you know this is it. We need to get this. This is like the you know the prime like media from the whole event. And I've been going and going and going. Yeah, for sure. Like the the nerves are going. But I think actually in a way that ends up helping because it's like you get that little adrenaline boost and it's like right I can I can keep pushing until the end. So yeah. Do you prefer shooting the cable or the boat? Which is easier? Mm-hmm. I guess um, I've always been interested from the start in, uh, you know, um, in all aspects of riding. And so I, I don't feel like having ridden less boat makes it necessarily like harder to fly um, because I've always been watching all that stuff. I've always been, you know, keeping up with what's going on in the boat world. And, you know, some of my favorite movies are, are like, you know, very boat focused ones. So it's, um, you know, it's definitely different flying boat versus flying cable and uh and so my first real exposure to that was i I decided to come to to expo uh last year which unfortunately didn't happen obviously but um you know the plan was to 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 go to expo to to experience what that's all about um and also just to try and shoot as much boat as possible while in orlando and uh yeah it's it's very different um you know with the cable you've got a lot of extra kind of like things to worry about like you've got the cable over the top of you you've got features that you don't want to run into and you're you're kind of you know having to having to like navigate a course around around all of that stuff and multiple riders on the water yeah yeah completely whereas uh with the boat you know like besides the actual boat itself and the rider like there's not a whole lot that you can you can kind of like crash into but at the same time the speed is faster um especially when you get to you know like the effect of someone cutting across the wake um so it's it's very very different and uh and trying to actually keep a a tight shot keep the rider in frame but also you know like get the whole the whole trick and keep it smooth it's yeah it's definitely a challenge but i mean that's what's nice that's what was nice about filming you trick skiing earlier is like it's a new challenge like uh and i'm not necessarily going to get it right straight away but like um but yeah it's it's just super fun to do so yeah what's your what's your thoughts like on the whole uh, i i like to ask a lot of people this and just um, the fact that you are so wake sports oriented, that's, you weren't a water skier at all. Um, but like you came out here, you filmed me go out and rip a water ski ride. Then, uh, the, my, uh, landlord came out and they skied and you were super amped to go and and film those guys. They didn't even ask you and you were just filming you were in, you were amping. Um, do you, okay. So as a guy who's kind of only been in, involved in this in the last four years, do you know of, um, animosities between the skiers and the wakeboarders do you see that and do you have any of that uh no definitely not I mean like I yeah I guess I'm aware of it in in other people and there's you know I mean, this this happens in everything right I mean I told you like uh that, that I was into snow skiing and there's like I guess there's still to this day a little bit of animosity between snowboarders and skiers although I think it's definitely kind of diminished over time like especially in the free ski world or, or the like freestyle snowboard world where like I think people are starting to respect each other and say like, oh, okay, you can actually do some pretty dope stuff with that. Um, I just think, I mean, we were kind of having a, a bit of a conversation about this earlier, but I think the attitude in water skiing versus wakeboarding is almost like polar opposite. So maybe it's a bit harder to kind of, you know, uh, get those two groups to reconcile. Cause, uh, yeah, I mean like 
for me wakeboarding is all about like going out with your, your mates like having fun like you know the progression trying to trying to like uh you know just outdo yourself and and but doing it in a way that's like uh, social i guess whereas to me and i'm i'm not trying to slate anyone in the skiing world but it seems very much it's it's you know it's very rigid and very right i've got to like you know like shave a a a millisecond off my time or or in in the trick skiing side of things you know get my perfect run and, and get it you know just drill the same run over and over again so it's yeah it's it's a very different world but um i i've certainly got no hate for for skiers and i, I love filming it hey everybody real quick you know you've heard me talk about the wake responsibly initiative for years now but you know what i never get tired of it because i really do believe in it i believe in minimizing repetitive passes on any one single shoreline for an elongated period of time in keeping your music at reasonable levels and staying at least 200 feet away from shorelines it's easy to be an ambassador on your lake And if you're listening to this podcast, something tells me you already are. Let's get serious. Boat riders and wake surfers, even water skiers, I'm talking to you. We are all responsible for our own wakes. We must all embrace the three pillars of wake responsibly mentioned above and coexist to keep our waters safe, free, and shreddable forever, no matter what you're riding. Learn more about Wake Responsibly at wakeresponsibly.com. What um what do you think is a successful uh video? I know it's super I know that it's super broad, but I kind of wanted to leave the question super broad because I, I again going back looking watching your channel, watching JB's channel and watching Dave's channel, you guys are yeah, you can see that there's a pattern, but you guys are able to create new stuff and a lot of it and it's been consistent so with that being said what what do you what does dave av think a successful video is i i guess i'm definitely not too worried about like the the numbers side of it you know i mean a lot of the stuff that i put out especially my youtube channel i mean i almost consider it like marketing you know like my my main business is going around getting paid to do contests or or film uh you know like video parts or uh, product shoots or whatever it might be and so like it's kind of nice just to to put stuff out there and and kind of like showcase my work you know it's almost like my portfolio online definitely on the youtube side anyway um so so for me like i'm not too worried about like you know how many views i get or or whatever it might be but um you know like that's definitely a way that like david O'Queeve and, and jb especially in in the last like year or so have been been absolutely killing it but i think even you know talking with jb about this it, he would agree i think and, and my view actually now is that like the thing i'm most stoked on is when people come up to you at the cable or they see you you know at the lake or whatever and just having so many kids stoked on like seeing the content and just like someone will come up and say, oh yeah, like I came to the park today because I watched this video of yours or, you know, like I just landed this trick because I've just watched like JB's tutorial on how to do that. And it, that that for me is like, you know, so hype just to see people, you know, actually engaging with the content and then like that's pushing them to go and wakeboard and to, you know, to, to be into the sport. So like, yeah, that's, that, that definitely like feels the best and gets me the most stoked for sure. Now I've seen that you've, you've helped guys like JB and, and guys like Dave and I, I don't, I actually, I don't really know how much you've helped them, but I know that you've been a, a big part of their content and w- within it and whatnot. Um, but on the other, so from the outside, I would say I look at it and I'm just like, 
dang, Dave, you live the life. I'm like, dang, JB, everything is awesome, you know? But I know JB personally also behind the scenes. Um, But I don't get to travel with JB nearly as much as you do or spend nearly as much time. And I've never, I don't know that I've ever created, maybe JB and I have done a video together, maybe. I don't even, I can't remember at this point anyways. But um, it's like some of the struggles that, that you've seen that these guys have to kind of persevere through um, that like maybe the public doesn't see um, stuff that maybe you, you struggle with too, as far as like, you know, uh, being a, a content creator. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I, I have a pretty epic life, honestly. Like I'm, I'm very, very lucky and very blessed that like this whole thing has worked out and that I'm able to do what I do. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I quit like a nine to five job, um, about two years ago to, to go and do this like drone filming thing full time. And, uh, I think a lot of people around me just thought I was completely crazy. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm getting to travel the world and, and do what I love. And, and, you know, I've got so many sick friends through this sport and yeah, just, just having a blast really. But I, I guess like the, uh, the one struggle that I think there is, whether you're a writer or a filmer and something that I've definitely experienced is like, I, I feel like the, the wake industry is not very willing to, uh, support people financially. Um, and you know, they'll always come back to this, this idea of like, oh, there, there isn't budget for this, like the sport isn't big enough, but that nine to five I was just talking about, I used to be an accountant. Like I, I know how, like, uh, how business works. I understand like, you know, margins and, uh, and the amount of profit that you make on a product. And there's, there's money in wakeboarding for sure. There's like, there's plenty to go around. So it's, yeah, but you um, know, if you don't, but you know, I, I come to it, I do an event, I do, I do, I organize a handful of events and I often get people who tell me, no, 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 no. You don't have to pay me. Don't pay me to judge. Don't pay me to drive. Now, don't get me wrong. When I ask riders to do it, they're like, please pay me something, you know, (laughs) Um, but which they deserve just like any judge or any driver. But for so long, our sport, toad water sports in general, I think it kind of stems from the water ski side, thinks that everybody and I don't know, I I don't know where or why um, has to um, donate their time and just fully, fully give back. And it's hard. And um, so I, I run an event. And I've had multiple people tell me, Dano, you don't have to pay me. You don't have to pay me. Well, here's the deal. When I'm building a budget for my event, there's line items, you know? Yeah. And I have to build a budget. And I'm not going to announce. Guys, I don't want you to think I'm a jerk here. But after 16 plus years on the microphone and traveling around, like I, I, it's very few and far between that I'm going to do a job for free. You know, don't right place, right time. I, I will donate some time or effort or whatever, but it's, it's a hard job, um, to keep me accountable. I need to be getting paid or whatever, but here's the deal. If 20 years ago, everybody was donating their time to judge, everybody was donating their time to announce, well, that line item went away. So of course there is no bud- budget, but at a certain point you got to start building it back in the budget. So what I, I always tell people if they tell me that I don't have to pay them, I go, what you do with this check after I give it to you, that's up to you. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, completely. But I can, I can see that brands don't have the budget, not saying they don't have the money, mm. but if it's not built in, yeah. you know, and I think that's where I think once, um, the, and I don't know how much you know about it, but you know, in, in around 2007, the industry had a huge, you know, financial hit or whatever. And yeah. I think that a lot of people are still, unfortunately riding that wave mm. obviously we just got hit by a 
<laughs> we just got hit by a whole nother, you know, mm. unfortunate situation. But um, do you have any tips on uh, for, for like up and coming uh, content creators or, or drone fly? Obviously, I know you're, you're saying, you know, practice, practice, practice flying and stuff like that. But more or less like what I'm asking, I'm not necessarily asking tips on how to fly the, the uh, drone, but how to keep producing relevant content damn that's uh that's a good question honestly i mean like i've i've never really uh thought about it that in depth honestly i'm i'm kind of just like putting out what i'm stoked on um you know so so yeah it's very much just a gut feeling of like you know uh like i have an idea for like a project or like a particular you know thing i want to shoot um or even just just go out and and get laps with the boys and then kind of like try and try and make an edit out of it afterwards but um I don't really think about it in a in a very like strategic way or anything. Um, you know, sometimes I'll put out something that's like a bit kooky just because because uh, I find it funny. Um, you know, uh, or sometimes I'll, I'll make something that's like a little bit more serious. But yeah, I think just that. I think it's a good piece of advice though to just do what you feel because you know then you're you're going to keep that passion for it. I think if you were going to go to it in that in that kind of cynical way of like right what's going to blow up the hardest or like you know what's what's going to get me the most views then I think you're kind of doing it for the wrong reason. Is that ever in so, your mind? Not really, no. Like um I mean definitely there's there's some things that I've done so like uh you know like one thing and it still kind of irks me to this day honestly but like uh, like I was saying, I, I really like trying to make things as cinematic as possible and make them make them look good. But when when you're posting on Instagram, for some reason, like people prefer that square format. They want to see everything in square. Like I'd much rather see like that that nice like cinematic like wide angle of of everything. Um, but at the end of the day, like stuff doesn't perform unless you post it in a square. So I do that. You know, so there's there's like little concessions that you can make, and and for sure, like you know, I want. I think it's better for my content to be seen by people, um, you know, rather than like be great, but like not be not be seen. It's like that whole thing about like, you know, if a, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it. Right. So, you know, and, and I think uh, that that you could probably say is is uh, the case with uh, with some of the content, like from the magazines at this point is that like, you know, that even if the content is great, like a lot of a lot of them are just not getting the views on that stuff. So. It's definitely a factor to consider, but I, I always try and keep it real. And, and you know, I, I wouldn't post something up if I wasn't like personally happy with it. I would never do it like just because I think like, you know, oh, this is going to blow up. Right. This is going to be. And, you know, respect to guys like, like you know, Steele's doing that kind of like, you know, uh, like stuff to go viral. And he, he does it in his own way and in a funny way. And, and obviously they started doing like all the, you know, like all the golf trick shots and that sort of thing, which I, I honestly, I, in some ways I think is dope. But like, yeah, for me, like I, I, I don't want to do it just to like, you know, get more followers or whatever. That's not what I'm into. But, but at, at, at like, is it a hit at all when you post a video with Dave OC and you get 300,000 views on it and then you post something that is special and you get 1200? <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, definitely. You know, like you're, you're obviously, um, you know, you want everything to do well, and it'd be sick if there were, you know, like a hundred times more people that were into wakeboarding and that, and that, like, uh, got behind this stuff. But, you know, like a lot of the fun for me is just in the in the creating of it. You know, I, I have a blast actually, like going out and doing the filming. I love doing the editing. I put out something that I'm happy with, and and I've never been one to like care all that much about other people's opinions. You know, like I mean, it, it's definitely it's do you, important. Do you but, see it? Do you read it? like it like have you um like i I don't necessarily want to call you a victim because it's the internet and it is what it is people are you know what do they call them like keyboard warriors or whatever you know what i mean they they sit behind their keyboards and they talk smack and nobody nobody knows what it's like to sit behind a microphone for eight hours a day calling tricks for kids under six years old to people over 60 nobody knows what it's like to sit there and have to fly the drone over and over and over and over when the dudes you rode in with are already back at the hotel, you know, celebrating from their awesome day, you know, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. And, and it's all great and dandy in general, but, uh, I, no, the, the commentating side of it is, uh, is definitely very difficult. Man. I got a lot of respect for that. Like I've, I've commentated some, like some smaller events, like nothing too, uh, too high level, but yeah, trying to, trying to keep it going that whole time and be naming tricks and like keeping the crowd. It's going. just tough. Like I know I, it's hard for me. Uh, I, I don't really get that much hate, but when I do, I try not to, cause I'm like, Oh, it's just one person. You know, I've got I'll have a hundred people come up and be like, Oh, it's, it wouldn't be the same without you. And then that one person who's just like, dude, I cannot handle listening to you announce. You're so annoying. I'm just like, Oh, and that's, what's going to stick in your mind. Yeah. Right? Like that's the, yeah. You're not going to think about the other kind. But YouTube's got to be the worst man. And I've, and dude, I went through a hundred year videos at least. And I'm telling you, you've got any, you've got dozens to hundreds of comments on videos. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess, how do you how do you take that with stride? I mean, honestly, I'm I'm trying to rack my brains for like even any hate that's come come through on the YouTube. I'm sure like people have you know like uh, like come through with some some hate on there, but like I honestly can't even think of anything. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm honestly I'm pretty bad at like actually like going through the YouTube comments and responding. Like I really should, but it's just like another thing um, like that I've got to try and fit into my day, and it is is difficult between like yeah YouTube and Insta and all that stuff. Like just just trying to clear through my inbox is like pretty pretty difficult sometimes. So so yeah, I mean like there's there's nothing that sticks out honestly, but um, you know I I just I just feel like whatever like people people talk smack sometimes but like they're you know like i i don't necessarily kind of like take that to heart um i've never really been one to do that and and i feel like you know if if you're in that mindset where you're gonna go out and, and yeah like be a keyboard warrior and you're there sat at home like typing angry messages on the internet like that says a lot more about you than right. it does about me so whatever sure. stay positive that's it exactly hey is there anybody or anything that you won't uh shoot that you'll put the camera down for <laughs> That's uh, that's an interesting question. Like, uh, you, what? Like, you mean something like too difficult or no? Like, just or like, I just, just, just again going back to the attitudes, the egos, and the personalities with within the sport. You know, um, I, I again like going back through your stuff. I, I noticed that you, you know, you're 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 pretty good. You're pretty open. You you know, from you know, 
I saw you sh- some videos of you shooting Julia Rick, you know what I mean, to, to just about anybody. So I, I don't know. Have you have you come across anything like that where you're just like, mm, forget, and, you know, and obviously I know I you and I, one of the conversations you and I had off of the mic was me asking you if you go to houses and shoot like kids, families and stuff like that. And you, you said that you've been lucky enough that you kind of have been busy enough to stick with what you really want to do, which is like shooting the pros, working on, you know, um, on, on that stuff. But going back to it, is there anybody or anything that you refuse to film? I, I honestly can't think of anyone, no. Um, no, I mean, like, I you know, I like all aspects of wakeboarding and I think, like, they've all got their relevance, um, you know. So, like, going back to David O'Quive because we've talked about him already, like, you know, wh- whenever he's been around, I've shot with him. He was actually the first guy that I shot behind the boat because uh, he happened to come over to the UK and uh, I wanted to shoot some boat stuff, try and figure it out, and, and he was there. And, like, yeah, not everyone likes his style of riding, but, like, at the end of the day, it's got its place and, and, and it's interesting to me. Like, I just, I just kind of like capturing all that stuff, you know. I think Julia is... Uh, in a in a similar boat where for sure she gets she gets a lot of hate and like for me personally like she's not the most stylish rider in the world um but she's also technically insane you know trick for trick technically she's the best yeah you know completely and uh and so i'm always stoked to you know to go and shoot with her as well like it's it's only really been in a contest perspective but yeah i mean like I, I just, uh, I don't really get the whole kind of like clicky thing of like, you know, oh, we're going to do this one thing and, and, you know, screw everybody else. Like, I, I've got no time for that, honestly. All right. We are, I've just got a couple more here. Okay. So kind of sticking with, 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 um, with that there, when you're flying the drone, you get an opportunity to see a side of riders that nobody sees. The, the beautiful thing about Toad Water Sports as the person behind the boat is when you fall and you get angry, most of the time, unless you're screaming at the top of your lungs, not that many people are going to realize how frustrated and annoyed. But when a rider goes down, you don't continue following the boat. You stop right over that rider. Any anything that sticks out that you've seen, and you don't have to mention any names unless it's hilarious. You know, to give to give you an example, Chad Sharp used to be notorious for when he would fall in a contest to chuck his helmet. You know, and it it almost became part of the contest. You know, like Chad would fall and he'd be like, "All right, guys, let's see if he can get a further distance on his helmet chuck this week." You know, um, you 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 know you've seen some stuff go down yeah completely completely give me some of the give me some of the funny stuff and again you don't have to drop any names unless you want to (laughs) but some of the stuff that you kind of seen I mean, yeah, I, I don't want to kind of chuck anyone under the bus, but um, I mean, definitely the, the first one that springs to mind, and, and uh, I'm sure you won't mind me saying this, but like Graham comes out with some uh, some really like wild noises sometimes, or just like if he's, you know, we're, we're just like trying to get one trick and he's doing laps of the cable and, uh, you know, and, and it's not quite happening. Like you, you'll see him do all kinds of stuff. Like, you know, like he'll be he'll be punching his helmet and screaming at the top of his lungs. And, um, you know, I think we've, we've all got like, it's, it's kind of, like you know um everyone everyone kind of like finds it amusing and almost like he plays up to it as, right. as like for for uh you know for everyone's benefit and stuff but yeah i've never really seen anyone have like a full-on meltdown you know um and uh, maybe that's just because i haven't been into it for like uh for long enough um 
but yeah i mean hopefully hopefully i won't see that i think like it's uh you know i've definitely seen people at contests kind of like do the whole the the classic helmet throw and right and, and stuff like that but you know at the end of the day like it's it's only a weightboard contest like, okay so let me ask you though um dave av you're you're filming a set you know rider a you know and they go down and they just come unglued and they lose their mind and they're having to us the most hilarious meltdown of all time what are you doing with that drone <laughs> oh for sure i'm filming the whole thing yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i might even leave it in place and then get my uh, get my phone out so i can get the story as well but but yeah like for sure i mean like you know so some of those best moments and this is why i like to keep the the camera rolling like even if it's someone like riding around the cable park and uh you know they, they'll just like fall on something really stupid and it's not even the trick that you were necessarily there to film but like i like to keep that camera rolling because sometimes that turns into like the absolute best footage you know it's it's this stuff that people want to see people love to see a crash so what about when um do you ever get those moments when you know i i, I recall being a kid and just sitting behind the boat not realizing anyone was in front of me, anybody was behind me, and I'd just be out there singing in my own world. But now you got drones flying around. How often have you caught a rider just that you're filming or something like that, and they're in their own like zone, their own world, just kind of out there singing, doing just some kind of whole like they have no idea. Oh yeah, that, that that happens all the time. But I'm I'm guilty of that myself as well. So like you know, I I'll, I'll be there just kind of like I don't know. Especially if I have have headphones in, I'll end up just like with the with the rope between my legs and I'm just dancing and like you know getting like caught up in the music and just just having fun. So so again, I'm I'm not gonna try and like uh, throw anyone under the bus. But yeah, it's one day I've got to make like an edit of just you know like all the unseen stuff, all of those like uh, moments when people didn't realize they were being filmed because uh, there's there's some funny stuff. In it there would for be sure. epic and appreciate i'm sure it would go viral at least in 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 our uh in our crew well i want to i do want to i the one of the last things i wanted to to touch on is and i thought this would be really important is um you've done a great job of making every bit of your journey worthwhile and it's it starts from getting that first phone call for a trip right You, you get a call from somebody saying hey we want you here in the philippines for cwc um, when you get that phone call though, that you're not single track minded into just that event. That's not it. You're, yeah, you're being paid to go out to CWC, but, but you're going to make the best out of the journey there and the journey home. Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit on that? What talk a little bit about your journeys, your trips, what you put into them and, and you know, what, what you need to get out of a trip to make it worth worth your while um that's that's a really good question man uh not not something that i've like necessarily thought about consciously but um yeah i'll always try and like maximize my time anywhere so uh so yeah um you know i'm lucky that a lot of the time um i'm getting paid to 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 fly to a particular particular location um and go and do a specific event but once i'm there you know there's there's no harm in in going and and like filming something else or maybe getting to a different different cable or a different lake or whatever um you know sometimes the trips aren't paid so like coming out here to america you know it wasn't for a specific job and obviously it was mid corona where no one was trying to do anything but i just thought you know what it's going to be a worthwhile investment for me to to come out here and be working and 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 getting after it and uh and yeah that that turned out to be like the right decision to make so um yeah i mean i i 
I'll pretty much I, I I'm very much about like just taking up taking on whatever opportunities come up, especially if they're interesting. How do you connect with though? Like, uh, you've only been around four years. I know you're getting around, but there's got to be guys that you don't know. Like, there you come from the cable side of things, but I'm seeing you're filming Corey Tunison. Like, how do you how do you connect with these with these people? around the world like do you do you just proactively like hit somebody up and uh you know obviously now you are you know quote unquote you are dave av everyone's going to pick up your phone your your call everyone's going to respond but i'm guessing it was a little different two years ago you know honestly like uh yeah i guess i've, I've been kind of lucky with it like on on the boat side of things it was it was crazy to me man so like uh, when i came over for expo last september um you know yeah I'd, I'd kind of like established my name in the cable world but like i say i hadn't filmed any boat and uh and so i was definitely the plan was basically get over here just hit a bunch of boys up and and see like who was down to ride and, and who'd be up for it and um yeah i i was like blown away by the response honestly like uh anyone that i did message like was was stoked to go out and uh you know i, I was thinking i was gonna have to explain who the hell i was or whatever um and i actually found more it was more the case that people were hitting me up and they said oh dude like i just saw you're in orlando like you want to come film behind the boat with me so um so yeah but especially by this trip is is great like i'm i haven't really like contacted anyone necessarily i mean we'll we'll chat to like you know go and go and work out the details but like more often than not it's come from someone wanting to to film with me which is is dope um so and it, i guess like it was just surprising to me because i figured like you know like i wasn't sure how many people would be into that cable side of things or would have even like seen my work but i guess it had been shared enough by like the magazines and by by whatever so yeah i'm, I'm in a really uh lucky position with that but but also like yeah from the start like i would just hit people up and say hey you want to film like i mean who, who's going to turn that down right so so definitely like you know if you're if you're like just trying to um you know come up and and you're you're wanting to get into filmmaking like there's there's no harm in like the, the worst someone can say is no right so uh yeah for me i i just i've just got that passion for it and i want to film as many people as possible so yeah so before we jump into like your sponsors your social media and stuff um any plugs that you want to do um the one last thing i wanted to ask you was that um you know again being a guy who's been been well traveled and a guy who's kind of i think cable parks are the place to go and see who the future of the sport is. Um, can you give me two, three names that in one or two or three years from now, maybe we haven't heard of them yet, but you believe they're going to be like the, the next Daniel Grant or, you know, the, the, you know, Gunther Oka or something like that. The next, the next big thing coming out. Who are, who are some of the guys to watch out for? Damn, it's, it's hard to say, man. Uh, it, it really is. Like, um, you know, and I'm, I'm just like coming over here and starting to see like some of the Groms, even in Orlando, that are, that are obviously, you know, uh, absolutely killing it. But um, yeah, there's 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 a few guys like across the world. I mean, like, um, I think more and more people are starting to get aware of like, uh, say, like Clem Nadal in France. Like he's he's just unbelievably good. Um, and I think there's, uh, you know, he, he definitely still isn't getting like the kind of attention that he deserves, but he just absolutely rips. Um, and especially you were talking about like the perspective of, uh, you know, I get to see what other people don't necessarily because I'm just following people around and watching them for laps and laps. Like he will just go and do like a, a contest winning run like 
every lap do a different set of tricks every lap and he's he's just messing around he's just having fun but like everything is like so teed up so crazy like shooting like massive gaps and stuff so so yeah he's uh he's definitely someone that like i really like watching um i guess on on the other side of it like uh pedro caldas is someone who's kind of like you know he's now like i think getting to that stage of like being recognized and he's he's on hyperlight now and um you know kind of like being being respected in the way that he should be but he's someone that like you know from from the first plastic playground like i was filming him and i i like just thought that his style was so so like crazy good um and he's someone that like it's been really dope to see like see that progress um but in terms of the grommies like it's you know it's so hard to say i mean there's like uh yeah we're, we were talking about like came ward earlier and like there's there's all kinds of like uh like talents all over the place that you you just you just don't know but i'm excited to see like kind of uh yeah where things are in a few years and 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 who's like whether we've got another person on the level of Daniel who's who's just, you know, like winning everything. So it's, uh, yeah, exciting times for sure. Very good, man. Well, dude, I, I appreciate you for uh, coming over here and taking time and spending pretty much an entire day hanging out with me over here at... Uh, oh, no, it's been sick, man, honestly. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, it's, it's been cool. I'm kind of getting the itch to get back on the water here, to <laughs> tell you the truth, but... Um, was did, was there anything else? I, I mean, do you have any upcoming projects you wanna uh, t- tell me about real quick? Um, so I've got I've got a few things in the pipeline. Yeah, like uh, a few things like still to be released. Um, it's probably best if I keep all that uh, kind of like uh, under wraps. Actually, at this point, I okay, hate to well be a then, tease, but that's all um, good. But th- then more importantly, why don't we just get to like the media, the social media and stuff, so that like people can like pop in and see what what you have produced and then kind of follow you and be able to keep up with it everything great yeah so uh so uh instagram dave underscore av um youtube dave av um it's all pretty much the same across the board those are those are the two main sort of like channels that i uh oh so dave av that basically you you give that to yourself dave audio visual basically (laughs) so uh so actually it it started out um it's it's my name shortened so so my name is dave avarillo and uh and yeah basically no one can spell that so uh, so when i first got instagram i just just shortened it to dave av and uh yeah like just bizarrely it kind of ended up working because of the whole drone thing like yeah people kind of assume it's aerial video or whatever but uh, yeah that's that's the story behind it too funny all right well shoot 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 dave that follow on the social media and make sure you guys follow his youtube channel as well and uh and then also uh dude you, you've come you've come up through the ranks and it seems like you got some people kind of helping you out supporting you any like sponsors or partners or anything you want to throw a shout out to yeah for sure for sure so like on the on the drone side uh i've been really lucky to work with dji so that's like that's been awesome because it's it's you know kind of like there isn't really a like a, a bigger sponsor than that in the in the drone world um, and then from a from a riding perspective, so I'm supported by uh, South Coast Wake Park that I, I mentioned. They've always been really dope with me, like uh, supporting those those Game Awake videos that I was talking about, and all the way through till today. Um, and it's a it's a great park that you should check out if you're ever in the in the south of England. Um, and then uh, Dup Wake, uh, so uh, in in the UK, so Double Up, um, which I guess a lot of your American listeners are, are not maybe going to be familiar with Double Up necessarily because it's not um, unless they're a bit more old school. Right. But it's uh, it's not distributed in the US anymore. But definitely in uh, in in Asia and in Europe, uh, Double Up is is huge on the on the cable side. Um, and so Dup UK uh, are, are kind enough to uh, to sponsor me. Um, also Another work- shout out to our boy CeeLo. <laughs> yeah, shout, shout out to CeeLo. He's the homie. 
Um, and then, uh, yeah, on the... Oh, sorry. So there, also, I have been working with uh, with Rewinch lately, so that's something that I've been uh, been really excited to do. Um, should be uh, should be coming out with plenty more content uh, in in that sort of area of things soon. So uh, so that's something to look out for, um, and that's that's pretty much it. Very good, man. Well, uh, that's I think that's a podcast, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, man, it's been fun. Yeah, I, well, dude, again, I, I I thank you so much and ripping good time. I can't wait to see uh, more of your your media and, and everything. And uh, it's been re- really great to to meet you and Likewise, you know uh, learn about you. And I hope everybody else you know gets a lot out of this. And I I wish you a whole lot of luck with um with your future endeavors. And I'm, I also hope that maybe one day you and I can collaborate on. I know it, I think you might have a, a little trick ski video coming out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was hype getting to film with you, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm always down, man. I'd be, uh, I'd be hyped on that. Super cool. Well, there it is guys. That's Dave A V with me. I'm Dan the Mano, the noise of the North, the golden Mike podcast. Please hang tight. We'll be right back. I'm going to pay some bills. Oh yeah. Well, how awesome was that interview? I'm willing to say it was just as awesome as SeaDeck Marine Products. I've been using some of SeaDeck's Deck Magic Cleaner on my 96 Closed Bow Classic Short Line Comp, and literally, it is looking brand new, baby. I've had to turn down some cash offers for it left and right, but that's all good. On top of that, SeaDeck is creating American-made products while supporting local mom-pa installers. And these installers are located all over the country, all around the world. They'll gladly come to your house, clubhouse, boat storage unit, your dock, wherever you could possibly need SeaDeck. They will come, they will digitally measure it, design it, and install the SeaDeck at your convenience. And you better believe that when they show up, they'll be wearing protective gear and your safety will be of the utmost importance. Just visit www.cdeck.com, that's S-E-A-D-E-K.com, to schedule a consultation today. Your boat deserves SeaDeck. Boating season is in full effect, so now that you've gotten a chance to see the competition, why not make your boat just a little more special with Roswell Marine? Visit their website, roswellmarine.com, to check out their selection of towers, accessories, marine audio, racks, and everything else your boat could ever need. Roswell's motto is quality without compromise, no matter what. Right now, I'm sure everyone could use a little more reliability in their lives, and there's no better feeling than opening up a package from Roswell Marine and knowing it's going to perform reliably from the moment you install it. Whatever you're looking for, be sure to use the dealer search function on their website to find the one closest to you. That website again is www.roswellmarine.com. The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. Hey, hey, we are back, and I know I mentioned this in the interview, but I highly recommend you guys check out Dave AV's YouTube page called Dave AV, along with his Instagram at Dave underscore AV. He's got no shortage of awesome footage with some of the top riders in our sport. Give it a click if you haven't already. 
A big thanks to Dave and John Dryling for arranging the connection. Dave is back in the UK. His content, in spite of what goes on in the world, continues to drop fresh and consistent. Very impressive. Thank you very much again, Dave, and I hope all you listeners enjoyed it. I know a lot of you guys are patiently waiting for news about Feed on Fire and Twin Lakes Corn Fest, and I wish I had some breaking news to share with you, but I just don't have it at this particular moment, but I will soon. We are working harder than ever behind the scenes to make something happen, so you guys, just keep sitting tight and good things will come. You can stay up to date on all developments at tlcornfest.com and feetonfirebarefoot.com on Instagram at tlcornfest and feetonfire.barefoot. We're also on Facebook, so check us out. I promise we have news coming very, very soon. All right, an enormous thank you again to David A.V. for joining us and to the sponsor of this podcast for their continued support. Thanks to SeaDeck Marine Products, Active Water Sports, WSIA, Roswell Marine, Boulder Boats, Masterline, Centurion Boats, O'Brien, Leadwake, Slingshot, Conley, Radar, Ronix, Hyperlight, Midcoast Customs, and GoPuck. Behind the scenes, a special thanks to Jane Levy in the office, Arthur Shabashavich on copy, and the legend Rich Walsh on sound. Just a reminder, follow the show on Facebook, the Golden Mike Podcast, and me personally on Instagram at Dano T Mano for some sick disking content. You can message me there or email me at Golden Mike at noiseofthenorth.com. For the love of God, please head over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts to leave a five-star review. I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening. That's it. That's all for me, folks. As always, I am the Noise of the North himself. I'm Daniel Lomano, and you can hear me next time. Once again, oh yeah, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast.